Let's pray. God, I pray for this time. Um, Father, um, Father, if you don't use this time, if this is in human power and not spiritual power, Father, then there is no high five. Um, Father, this is all about you. This is through your power, Father. I pray that you would use this time to um, show us what needs to be stripped away. Um, and Father, help us to know the privilege that it is to, um, to have you live your life through us. And so, um, Father, use this time. Uh, make it more than just a dude speaking. Um, we love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Now, there's multiple reasons uh, why this shirt uh, is a little out of place. Why would anybody wear a Santa shirt uh, at, you know, January, uh, January 15th? It's like wearing a, a Grinch sweatshirt on January 15th. These things like just don't go hand in hand. This is so last year. This is so uh, out of season. This seems like, man, this is something that you don't do on January 15th. So to, so to start, this is, this is out of place. The second reason I think this shirt is a little out of place is because I don't actually want a dad bod. Uh, I, I want to shred uh, the dad bod. Uh, back in the day uh, when we had our daughter, uh, Reagan, and we found out that we were pregnant with her, uh, something about that was like, man, I want to walk this girl down an aisle, and I need to make some changes. And so I went on my own weight loss journey where I don't want to go back to having the proverbial dad bod. And some of you all have that goal, right? You want to shred the dad bod. Okay, great. That means in a year from now, you want to look literally different than you look right now. And so another thing with this shirt is I don't want to be comfortable in it with what it represents. I want to go back to what is healthy. Isn't that a problem for many of us? Isn't that something that, man, like if this was used to be in my life, I used to be this person and I love Jesus, I'm following after Jesus, but man, we have that part, that part of the old us that kind of keeps creeping back in, doesn't it? Like, and it starts small, but it, it slowly creeps in. I used to be a, 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 I used to be a huge alcoholic, but now it's just a drink from time to time until it isn't. I used to do this behind my wife's back, and now it's just a conversation here and there until it isn't. We all have these elements of the old life that creeps back in, even as Christians. And what I want us to see today is that that old life that used to be you, that used to define you, is an anchor holding you back to the new life that Christ would have for you. And the elements that we're going to look at today, what we strip away and what we are to put on, are best lived out here amongst one another. They're not meant to be lived out in isolation. They're meant to be lived out in the huddle as we learn to, to run the plays better together, to go out and to execute them out on the playing field. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, written by a guy named Paul that had a whole old life and now has a new life in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3 will be up on the screen. It's in our app, and it's also you can just Google uh, Colossians 3 ESV, and it will pop up there. So here's what Paul says at the very start, or uh, middle of it, uh, verse 5, Colossians 3. He says, put to death. Written grammatically in the form of a command. This is not a suggestion. Paul is telling us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that this is something we must do. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. That in this life, there is a death to be had. In this life, we are trying, you and I as followers of Jesus, we are trying to become less earthly. 
We're trying to eliminate from our lives everything that is ungodly, not just make it lesser than. We're trying to get completely rid of it. And so the phrase that we're going to unpack now for the rest of the time that I want us to try to remember as we leave this place is that we are called to ditch the grave clothes. That old you, that dead you, that was dead in your sins has been made alive in Christ Jesus. Ditch the grave clothes and take on, put on the king's clothes. Have Jesus live his life through you. And so how, what's this process? What does this look like? Here's step one. It's purging your closet. He says, well, put to death, again, command, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, uh, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And in, in these, you two once uh, walked when you were living in them, but now you put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices. As Paul writes this, he's writing it in the past tense. You used to be like this. You were living this way. And the issue that you and I have as followers of Jesus is we're bringing the past tense into the present tense. What should have been the old us is creeping back in. And Paul is saying, hey, don't even flirt with the old stuff. Get rid of it. When I told you guys I lost a lot of weight, uh, I don't want to hang on to the fat clothes in my closet, if you will. What do I want to do? I want to grab the bag. Many of us do this. We go through our closet and we get rid of it all. I want to go through my closet and take the clothes that I no longer need, no longer want to wear. I put them in a bag and I bring them to the donation bin or I throw them away or whatever. Paul is using that sort of language of take, go through, do an examination and kick those things to the curb right now and right away. Throw it away. And so to break this down into kind of maybe four different buckets, he talks firstly about uh, sensual trash. You're, you're taking uh, sensual things of, of like the sexual impurity, not honoring the marriage bed, what you put before your eyes. This is kind of said in like a general corruption type thing. You take those things that are still lingering around and you, and you throw them to the curb. The next thing Paul talks about is this, these materialistic type trash. He talked about uh, idolatry. That is putting anything uh, before God, loving something more than we love our God, something that we couldn't do without. That, that, that's the sense of idolatry. He's talking about being greedy. Have you ever met uh, greedy is like the insatiable desire for more and more? Have you ever met a greedy person that was satisfied? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and so Paul is saying, if that defines you or if that is creeping into your life, throw it into the trash and, and get rid of it. He talks about the, the negative side of this emotional trash. It's okay to be emotional. God made us emotional beings. But when it's not focused on Jesus, you get things like wrath. You get things like abusive, the abusive way you're talking, how you come at people. The other side of emotional, emotional trash is when you're really mad. And you know that person that gets really mad and doesn't say anything, but like sits down and like grits their teeth, and they're just sitting there, and they're seething. It's that type of a thing as well, to, to kick that to the curb. The, the next kind of uh, bucket that Paul is addressing here is, is our, our mouth, 
the trash of our mouths, how we lie to think uh, how to people, how we pretend that we can be something that we're not, how we can pretend that, and, and, and we can talk with our mouth, but there's never any actions to follow it. It's these lies of how I'm going to talk bad on other people, how I'm going to slander, how I'm going, these are, these are malicious thoughts that lead to malicious words and how I, how I talk evil on people and about people. And Paul is saying all of this should not define the Christian because Paul's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the unbelieving world. He's talking to you and I and saying these things can't linger. Uh, We have to kick them to the curb and get rid of them, get them out of our closet and no longer try to wear those clothes. So like I said, I went on my own little weight loss journey and uh, we found this picture from uh, back in the day. And it's a picture of Ava when she was about nine months uh, pregnant don't worry, she let me share this. Uh, she uh, gave us the picture. Uh, and so, but it's a, it's a, I'm doing the insanity workout at my old house. Uh, and Ava's about nine months pregnant and thought it was ha ha funny uh, that she had a bowl of ice cream on her tum tum and uh, took a picture of me working out while she enjoyed a bowl of ice cream. That's the old me. Uh, and so now, whenever, whenever I get to December, uh, usually, if, if you're like me, December is kind of my fluffy season. Uh, it's when I look at my life and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little fluffy. And I'll put this shirt on, literally this shirt, and I'll get all sorts of self-conscious, like, man, like, I'm a little fluffy. And so I'll go to the gym and I'll start working out again with the goal of let's just sweat through uh, this, uh, uh, this shirt. Now, also in December is that time of year where, like, if I want Ava to get me a nice gift for Christmas, I better take her out to a nice dinner, right? And so I could go to the gym, I could work out, try to get away from that dad bod, and you know what I have never done? Because it really wouldn't make much sense. To go to the gym, sweat through my shirt, come home, and right away get ready for the date. Not, not taking anything off, just put on the nice shirt over the sweaty, the sweaty shirt. Like, no one does that, Right? Because you go to the gym, you get sweaty, and I do have nice clothes, contrary to popular opinion. Uh, is you go to the gym, you get all sorts of sweat, and you're like, ooh, you don't even want to know what's going on downstairs. You're all, you're all sorts of a mess. And you come home, and you put on nice clothes. That wouldn't really make much sense to, the, to go and put the coat on over top. Like, it will just hide it, right? No, really, does it? It doesn't. It, it doesn't hide anything. All it does is... Like, dude, you're gross, right? I even have a tie. Fun fact, I don't know how to tie a tie, so I keep this, keep this tied. My dad tied it for me like 15 years ago, and it's, uh, it, has, uh, it has stayed tied. Uh, we wouldn't do that. You would work out. You would get all sweaty and filthy. And the only way to truly move forward is to go home. Let's be men and women here. And to get naked. To, to go and take a shower, to strip it all of a, away. And then once it's stripped away, once you are clean, that's, that's the body that should put on the nice clothes, not just putting them over top. Some of us are, are keeping those filthy clothes on and just trying to put on those Jesus clothes. Like I'm gonna keep those filthy things in my life and I'll put my Sunday best on and, and pretend like I can just hide it. We have one of those values here uh, called daily surrender. That is the value where you and I wake up every single day. If you're breathing and you have a pulse, then you're just like me. I am not like Jesus completely today. And so you and I each have room to wake up and surrender parts of our lives over to Jesus. We do not take the attitude of, I surrender, but do you mind if I hang out with them just a little bit longer? 
That doesn't compute, right? You surrender and you are all in on the other side. You've given yourself over to them. That is what Paul is talking about here is that you have filthy clothes. It's time to strip them down, get naked, find out that Jesus knows all of you, knows the real you, and he still wants you and desires you, the real you, and you can surrender yourself over to him. The, oh, Brady, do you mind... Um, just kind of get rid of these for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks. thanks. Yeah, let me keep that one. Thanks. Oh, you'll figure it out. So here's where we go on. Here is what we are putting on. Landon, can you give those to him? He's homeboy struggling a little bit. We are to put on righteousness. We strip it away, and then what are we to put on? You have to put on the new self. You don't, you don't just stay naked. You put on the new self, which is being renewed in what? Knowledge uh, after the image of its creator. Here, here is not uh, Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, Forgiving. Why do we forgive? As the Lord has forgiven you. And, and so you also must forgive. Above all this, here's what binds it all together. Love binds everything together in perfect harmony. When I was working through this sermon, I texted some people for some advice, and a friend of mine uh, sent me this picture. I think this is the image of what we're trying to accomplish here. You're stripping away that old life. You're not flirting with it anymore. And when you're, when you're just standing there before God and he knows everything, he sees the real true you. At that point, when you've stripped it away and you've surrendered it over to Jesus, Jesus is putting on his robe of righteousness. His perfection then becomes your perfection. And this is the image that I have in mind as we work through this, that we are to gain Christ when we strip everything else away. And at that point, the goal is for all of us as Christians, every single person, all of us to become more and more like Jesus every single day. And Paul makes a very, very critical clarification, which is so appropriate for us this weekend when we celebrate MLK tomorrow. It's that there is not a division in the church. That if you are a breathing person, you are a broken person that needs to be put together again by Jesus Christ. That there are no social divisions that would divide the outside world. Those things are not appropriate in Christ Jesus. This is not a black thing. This is not a white thing. This is not a foreigner thing. This is not a blah, blah, blah. This is a broken humanity thing. You and I all stand in equal need of the Savior. And when we've said yes to the Savior, what Jesus is trying to do for all of us is live his life through us. So collectively, when we stand before God as a collective people, tongues from every tribe, we're going to look like a box of crayons. We're going to look all sorts of different, but equal before God. And what we should look like on the individual level is a little bit more like Jesus every single day. And Paul said, what does that look like? How do you, what you've stripped away, now you're putting on, what does that look like? Well, you, well you're, you're putting on compassion. That's heartfelt mercy towards others where you would reflect Jesus to the, to the hurting. You're putting on kindness. This is thoughtful consideration. Demonstrated through acts of good that you're concerned for your neighbor above your own. 
that you clothe yourself, what did he say, with humility, where you take a sober self-assessment of yourself before you get all judgy with other people. You're looking within and saying, man, I got some stuff I need to work on. And from that place, you're able to be gentle, a meekness, that you're peaceful, you're unassuming, that you're even willing to suffer instead of inflict injury, that you're patient. Patience is a measured response to others in the face of opposition, that when your kids are stressing you out, when the job is stressing you out, when, when life is stressing you out, that you're not reacting and flying off to see your pants, but that you're actually patient and, and thinking through it. And Paul says, this is how he kind of concludes this section, is, is if you practice those things, that that helps you bear with one another. Things that we can do in the huddle, that you're able to forgive one another. You don't do that in isolation. You do that when we're together. And together, we help by just being together and pursuing these things. We help each other become more and more like Jesus Christ. And the motivator to it all, what Paul says at the end of this little section, is that you become more like Jesus and you're motivated by love, not obligation. That God's not going to take our religious works and say, that a boy if it's done by obligation and not out of love. Let me, let me illustrate it uh, this way. Brady's not back yet. Um, Brady. Okay. So Brady and I work out. Last summer he was working uh, in... You are such... A fool. All right, so last summer, uh, Brady and I were working out. Uh, he ran two miles uh, for 25 days over the summer getting ready. And so now, like, he's still into football, and so we still work out. Where the heck? Uh, we still work out from time to time. Yesterday, we, we did an insanity workout. And so I want Brady to work out. This is one of our running shirts. Obviously not for fashion. Uh, this is so we don't get hit by a car uh, when him and I are running. So we're going to put this on you so that we can work out. Yep, you look ridiculous. And, uh, and so the point being, you can look at Brady right now, and he's wearing the clothes. He's wearing, at one level, the right outfit. But is Brady ready to do the workout? If I had him doing jumping jacks right now, which I'm not, because he would get to be a hot, sweaty mess in my clothes, um, stop that, uh, he, th that wouldn't compute, right? You're looking at Brady, you're saying he's not ready to work out, although the top layer is a workout shirt. Let me, let me draw your attention to Hebrews uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 1. It says, Therefore, we, uh, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set out before us. You and I are all called as Christians to live more and more like Jesus Christ. We're putting on the king's clothes, but what's holding us back from actually being effective from working out our salvation? We're leaving on all the filthy stuff that should be gone, and it's a hindrance to actually working out our faith. Why aren't some of you leaning in a ministry? It's because the old you is still clinging to you. Why are some of our marriages average? Well, it's because the old us is still clinging to us. Why are some of us walking around here like a bumbling fool and we can't stop talking about Jesus? We, we know that the old us is dead and that we are alive in Jesus. And in Christ, I'm fabulous and I get to do all this work for the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we can just know it and we can see it and that becomes part of us. Here's the point. As you move forward, Strip everything that hinders you away, but focus on the good. Focus on the good. 
Focus on being patient. And if you focus on being patient, the good, then the other stuff just seems to fall away. It's hard to focus on being patient and also fly off the seat of your pants. You focus on what is good and all that bad, those things that hinder and hold you back seem to fall away. Brady, you can go derobe or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, you put in... You put in the heartfelt work. Here's the third step. You've stripped it away. You've put, you, now you're wearing the king's clothes, but now you need to actually do the thing. Here's what Paul says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. Why are we doing it? Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's one thing to strip things away. It's another thing to go and put on your, your best holy clothes, if you will. But then it's a whole other thing to actually go and do the thing. You can know what to do and still not do it. This is the point where you've stripped away, you've put the right clothes on, but now you actually have to do the heartfelt work. Not out of the obligation, but for the name and for the glory of Jesus Christ. That you're walking around with the peace of knowing I'm a child of God. That I'm not trying to earn my salvation. I'm not walking around like if I do enough good, if I do enough good, oh, I hope God will accept me. You have the peace of God knowing that you are accepted and that you are seen as a child of God and you get to do child of God things. You're not worried about heaven or hell. You're just anticipating heaven. And the peace of God is overwhelming you and ruling your heart. What Paul says is one way to keep that peace of mind present all day long is to be thankful, is to pause and, and to look around and find the things that you can be thankful for, the common grace, the common blessings that we all have in our lives. And then to also sit back and to dwell. In it. And if you, if you have a hard time finding the common grace and the common things in your life, then just look no further than Jesus Christ. That, man, I'm a wretched person. I know me full well. And if I were to be naked before the Lord, man, there is nothing good to see. But he loves me anyway and accepts me. I don't need to, I don't need to walk around anxious. I got Jesus. I don't need to walk around fearful. I've got Jesus. And so you let that peace and you let that gratitude warm you and, and, and to overwhelm you. And one way to also keep that in mind, this all builds on itself. You go from peace to gratitude. And, and if you need a little kick in the pants, what does he say? Let the word of God indwell you. It's taking up residence. It's not like you, you read the word from time to time. It's not like you listen to a sermon from time to time. It's, it's not like you listen to a pot, like, like supplements, that your diet is full of the word of God so that you know what it's like to be a Christian. You know how to live out your faith, but you're also seeing on a daily reminder through being in his word that Jesus Christ is madly in love with you and you're on team Jesus. <laughs> and this is a good thing and you've got work to do. And in the huddle, this type of information is what we talk about with people. I don't want to come at you with my opinion because I'm going to be wrong a lot. I don't want you to come at me with your opinion because you're going to be wrong a lot. Here's what we do. We, we admonish each other in love, and we got to get better at this as a, as, as a collective church, and come alongside each other and say, this isn't my opinion. Jesus in his word says... I mean, we got to work this out. Admonishing uh, means this because it's, it's, it's warn, uh, warn or reprimand someone firmly. 
and say, dude, I love you. And there's a better you in Christ Jesus. We need, we need to start attacking that. The songs that we sing, the, the, the lingo, the, the, what we listen to, and things of that nature, that all has a purpose of teaching and guiding us towards Christ's likeness. And how often should we be like Christ? What does Paul say at the very end? Whenever, all the time. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it all with wholehearted devotion to clothe yourself with Jesus, dressed ready for action. And whenever you do a thing, you're doing it in the name of Jesus. If you're doing it just to do it, that's religion. But if you're doing it motivated by love for Jesus, you're living out your faith on the, on the daily. And you're not doing it to be seen. You're doing it so the world around you will see Jesus. And so you can know what to strip away. You can know what to put on and to look the part but can you actually play the part? Now, I am a big fan of golf. I play like twice a year and because uh, it's expensive and time-consuming. But I, when I play, a uh, homeboy likes to spend too much money looking the part. Uh, and so this is a uh, Christmas gift for my parents. Uh, it's an, a nice Under Armour golf shirt uh, that they got, got me. And it is, it's great, actually. I really stinking love it. And, uh, and they got it on the discount. And so I got it, and I will put it on. And I'm wearing some Under Armour golf pants. And I didn't realize this until the first service that I'm actually also wearing Under Armour uh, shoes because uh, my parents get a discount at Under Armour. So bada bing, bada boom, this is all Under Armour. Now I won't tuck in my shirt because uh, taking off my belt in front of you all is weird and I like being here and being your pastor. So uh, <laughs> I digress though. So right now, this is my golf hat. You could say I look like a golfer. And when I walk up to the first tee, I have the golf clubs that I got on a discount. Uh, I have the clubs that will make me look like a good golfer. I got the big old whatever. And I can even, I can even, I've gotten to the point where I can practice a swing and without hitting a ball, I can look like I swing a good golf club. But then the first tee comes. And then I actually have to hit a golf ball. <laughs> and what ends up happening is I'll swing and the ball will go whoop common for me is I'll top it and the ball will go blah, 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 blah. and I'll have to go and hit it again. And it's like I have to take that shame, walk of shame to go and hit the next golf ball. The point is, I and I do, I talk a big old game. I, leading up to the first tee, I will look the part. I will dress the part. I have the clubs. I have it all. And I can, up until it's time to actually swing, I, you would think I'm a good golfer. Now, what's really offensive is I said this in the first experience, and I had multiple people invite me to go and play golf. I think it's because I said it was terrible, and I, they want to feel good about their golf game around me. So uh, if you invite me to play golf, I'm going to say no, unless it's, you know, well, anyways, I digress. But the point being, some of us have put on the right clothes. Some of us are looking the part. But will we play the part when that comes? If you're the only Christian in your job and it comes time to fill out a report and you're the only one filling it out with integrity, will you or will you not? If it comes time where, man, like, hey, you know, like in your social circle or you're out to dinner with the dudes and all of a sudden this girl is flirting with you, what will your unbelieving friends see? Somebody that's uncomfortable or somebody that's a little too comfortable with somebody flirting with them? When it comes time to play the part, Will you? The way I described this to the youth uh, two weeks ago is I said, hey, dudes and dudettes, let's just, let's just be real for a second. It's 2023. There is not many students, if any at all, that are in your schools reading God's word. So your school does not know the word of God. 
And if you claim to be a Christian and people in your school know that you are a Christian, then you are the first Bible that they are going to read. The way in which you live, they are going to associate that with the name of Jesus. We've stripped things away. We've put on Jesus. And now we got to go and do the heartfelt work. And what happens when we do heartfelt work? We are shining a light not on ourselves, but on Jesus. Here's what we've said today. Ditch the grave clothes for the king's clothes. How? Purge your closet, put on righteousness, and do the heartfelt work. Here's how I want to close with you all. Right now, you guys are going to be getting uh, a worksheet. My challenge to you is simply work the worksheet. My point in saying this is I want us to leave here focused on the good in our life, not the bad, because if you focus on the good, what did I say? The bad will slowly start to slip away because the two can't go hand in hand. So let me illustrate it this week. Here's something that happened this past week uh, in my household. It's 2023. My kids can't hide a darn thing. Uh, I get text messages from their teachers on the regular every single day. And so this past week was a situation where, hey, your, your homeboy here uh, was just given a computer assignment and he chose not to do the assignment, but he was on Google for the 30 minutes he was supposed to do the assignment, and he's not going to get a good grade. And so homeboy comes home, and we're like, hey, how was computer class? And here's my issue. My issue is I have zero tolerance for laziness. I have zero tolerance for excuses. On the football field, in school, whatever it might be, uh, I, I, can, I can go uh, angry places with that when I start to hear excuses and not ownership. And so homeboy makes excuses. And right away, here's what comes out of my mouth. I don't have any patience for dot, 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 and then, and then, uh, then verbal anger. And as I was thinking about this sermon and reflecting upon this in my own life, here's what I need to focus on. The very word I said before I ran my mouth, patience. If I focus on being more like Jesus in my patience, like loving my kids, guiding my kids, then angry outbursts would slowly go away, wouldn't they? Because I'm so focused on patience. And so what I'm asking you guys to do is to just fill out this sentence. I need to throw off. Hey, there's this old part of me that's still lingering around. I'm going to throw it off so I can put on. What are you putting on in replace of that, of that bad stuff? What good stuff are you putting on? And then what's your first step? What's the heartfelt work? I'm, gonna, I'm going to text so-and-so to hold me accountable. I'm going to apologize to so-and-so. Or I'm going to come clean about a lie that I've had, whatever it might be. And then I'm just asking you that you would text that number, and we'll see them. You can do it anonymously, or you can put your name, whatever. But the elders just sincerely want to pray over all of, all of the sentences that we get. Because guys, we have an unbelieving world that has forgotten what it looks like to be a Christian. We, we have an unbelieving world that thinks Jesus' name is a whole bunch of things, but if we could live an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ together, they would begin to see Jesus through us. And then, not for nothing, that old you is a filthy rag. That old you is a sweaty body, disgusting here, disgusting in other areas. It's just that old you wasn't the best you. And so stripping it away and putting on Jesus, not only does it benefit the outside world, but deep down, doesn't it benefit you? And so we're going to close with a song, uh, Such an Awesome God. And I hope that as we sing this, this is the motivation to actually do 
the work. So let me pray. God, I thank you for this time. Father, I thank you for time to reflect. Lord, I thank you that you know all of us and so stripping it all away and Father, being naked before you is still a place where we can be accepted. That we can be the real us before you and that you will guide us forward and not be content leaving us in the dirty clothes. Father, I pray that as we sing this song, that the words of the song would motivate us as we leave here. Holy Spirit, as we look at something that's a cheesy little worksheet, Father, would you use it for actual life change? We love you, Jesus, and this is all in your name and for your name. Amen.